inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Star Wars. Let's talk Star about Wars. Star Wars. John's here for Star Wars. Bump. Bump. Ooh, nice. <laughs> hey, that's really good. Some harmony there at the end. Yeah. Damn. Seriously, oh. though, if you ever have a chance to do one of the Star Wars live in oh. concerts, do it. Do it. I, I did see Garth Brooks. And I, I did wish I was with you. <laughs> uh, I did not that see. Been fun. Garth yeah, Brooks. there was a moment where I'm like, "So, I'm surrounded by so much peckerhead, and <laughs> and cats watching Star Wars in concert." And then he played a Bob Seger song, and I was cool with it. All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, have not done a Star Wars in concert, but. but I've seen Star Wars in concert. That is also good. So that was fantastic. It, it counts. Yeah. So the ones that you go to, it's straight up. They play the movies, but the score is provided by an orchestra. Yes. Yeah, so you you go to the so in Seattle at least it's held in the you know symphonic concert hall and it's the Seattle Symphony and they have a screen, a big screen that's up in front of the in front of the audience and they start the movie. And in this case, because it was the empire strikes back, they actually started with the 20th century Fox fanfare. We got that. And, um, and then, yeah. So then the the movie plays and they, they provide the orchestra provides the score and they do an intermission because it just, you realize how, how much music they have to play so they get a break um and they oh, do yeah, subtitles on yeah and they do subtitles in the movie because it's actually like the 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 balance between the live music and the movie is sometimes so you know, obviously you're not seeing it you know where it's all been equalized right so they do provide subtitles because sometimes it gets a little loud and it's harder to hear is it a version of the movie that has had the music stripped away from it or they just yes. Crazy. Or are they just or so they just loud you can't the, tell. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I think they take the music. I think they're provided. Well, so I don't know quite how it works because they do this with other movies too. But I think to do this, they're actually provided like with a copy of the movie that has no soundtrack. It's got, okay. you know, it's got the other, like, sound effects. Yeah, the, mu- the music track is uh, gone. Yeah. But it's just the, yes. But the music, the music track's not there, yeah. You get R2 and the lightsabers and the blasters and the walkers. And, yes. Crazy. So, not so, so long ago, you did, a- you did A New Hope and the other night was Empire. Are they yeah, do, is this so, like a series? Are they are, are they doing Jedi I, next? Or I kind of hope so. It seems like they've done one Star Wars movie a year, and I don't know if they've done that. I don't know if they've done this before. So last year they did A New Hope, and then this year was Empire Strikes Back. So I'm hoping that means next year will be Return of the Jedi. 
But they've they've also done a bunch. They've done like they've do, they're doing the Harry Potter series right now as well. Oh wow! So that's, that's like la- later in July. Also, yeah, some it's not all John Williams, but I mean John Williams has scored like everything. So <laughs> yes, it's hard. <laughs> Usually the big movies, yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to hard to avoid John Williams. Not that we want to avoid John Williams. Well, anyway, really it's cool. cool. That's, it's that's, different. That's awesome. It's it's different, but it's cool. So, uh, wanted to also bring up. Uh, let's remind people of our bet that we had oh, going. Yeah, yeah. What's uh? I guess I'm in charge of an update there. <laughs> so, John, did you you know the bet, right? I I know of the bet, but of I'm fuzzy bet. on the details of the bet. Adrian, do you? Uh, I think it was like two months ago, three months yeah. ago, and she barely she barely made it. If oh. <laughs> I told you, oh, good lord, I better. It's five Did years she ago. Officially make it five years ago. I better that five. that she could not watch the entire MCU in order before my birthday this year, which is in which is five like next week days. as of this recording. So my birthday is next week as of this. It's this Saturday. So yeah. yeah, Saturday. Cool. So the bed was she has to have seen Spider Man Far From Home on opening weekend to uh, to win. If, if uh, she won, I would have to buy her two novels of her of her choosing. If she didn't make it, she'd have to buy me two graphic novels of my choosing. I think uh, we just generally said books, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So for a while there, she kind of stopped because I mean I was waiting yeah. for you to run out of box sets. So I'm like, what is she gonna do when that's done? <laughs> Thank God for streaming. No. Thank God for streaming. <laughs> but then I thought, Endgame's gonna like Endgame oh, is leaving eight. theaters right now. Like you're g- solid oh. because it's not gonna come out on DVD for a while. So and like I thought, August, okay, yeah. so what, what's gonna happen? Did I just win and then, hey guys, we're from Marvel and we're gonna re-release the movie with six <laughs> extra minutes because we want to beat Avatar, but oh boy, we didn't. They couldn't have waited one more weekend. <laughs> no, no. Well, then not I would have one had single more weekend. Not one single more weekend. Well, to be fair, yeah, it's been so. I I saw, yeah, we had a lot of gaps. You were like, I gave you too much time, but literally, I'm coming in right under the wire. Um, right under. Right under. Well, technically, she still hasn't seen Spider Man. Yeah, I could right. still blow it. <laughs> I mean, you're planning on watching it this weekend. I'm assuming. I maybe I won't say. Yes, I am planning on there watching you, there it this weekend. I, I, know, haven't I, my tic- I, I haven't bought my tickets yet, but but I know Cat likes your Spider Man. Did like you? It. So did you see the other Spider Man already? Yeah, that was okay. part of. So I mean, I actually saw, saw Spider Man Homecoming. I saw it in theaters, yeah. but we watched. Okay. No, we Aaron and I. So I dragged Aaron along with me, and I don't think he's ever going to watch another movie again. Um, <laughs> well, that's depressing. <laughs> he's uh. I dragged him along for the ride, and we started with Iron Man, and we have gone in order, in release order, yes. and watched every single Marvel movie up to and now including Endgame. So, I think I'm getting a little bit of a nerd boner. <laughs> <laughs> it's been... It's been a haul. I mean, for us, maybe not for all the crazy people that watch them and like. It's been. You had three months. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but we only. (laughs) How taxing was it, really? (laughs) 
Oh, I yawn. I yawn at these films. It's so taxing. Yeah, well, we only just saw Endgame. Literally yesterday. Wow. I saw Endgame. Look, Over two awesome. months since it came out. So Awesome. Oof, skating in, right? I was a little worried we were. <laughs> I just hope you realize that we really saved you. It really did. It probably did. It Although did. We no, also- no, not probably. There's no probably in that sentence. It saved you. Remember, I was, I was checking you your, your zip code for showtimes, and it, they stopped. I was I was keeping an eye on it. Well, the other thing that you might not know about my zip code that I know about my zip code is that they don't release movie times until certain days of the week. So depending on when you look, you may not see a movie time. But anyway. That's weird. It it's it weird. all it's all about popularity. You know, what's gonna make them money. So they usually sure. wait until like Wednesday to release weekend movie times. You serious? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean if a movie like for example, after we record this, I'm going to the movies tonight to see Godzilla. My choices at one theater were uh eleven forty five AM or 3.30 p.m. That movie is on the way out of that theater. Mm-hmm. I know, but it didn't, well. They're not going to yeah, add I, showtimes in the evening when people no. want to go see movies because they're playing other stuff that's making them oh, money. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way here. Like I'm The not... other theater over here has got a 10 o'clock showing, so I'm going to go to the older theater with <laughs> the not-as-nice seats and watch it tonight at 10 p.m. and then get my buns up for work the next morning. And then go on vacation <laughs> afterwards. But uh, so um, my bacon is being saved because I wanted to see this film in the theater. You know, yeah. Godzilla should be seen in the theater. Totes. And I'm like skating in last minute to see it. Yeah. If well, I had waited a week, I wouldn't get a chance. I'm if I had waited not- a day, I wouldn't get a chance. <laughs> this is the last day I could possibly see it. I'll give you that, cat. I, I assumed your zip code worked efficiently like my zip code did. Does well, I, li- I live in a I live in a larger city, and I obviously they I don't know. Sounds like don't. bragging. Sorry. <laughs> well, no. A little bit braggadocious. A little bit. Well, I live in a good city, so we're El worrying Paso. about other, other I mean, things. Come on, really. But now I'm gonna look up like when Godzilla is playing. Not that I'm gonna go see Godzilla, but um, not that they'll have the times printed this week. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're. They might, I'm pretty sure it's not with Spider-Man coming out. It's yeah, no. I mean, a lot of these. If there's like a popular movie, they'll have all the times for like Spider-Man is up all over the place. But yeah. all of the smaller movies, they don't have times listed past Thursday right now. Like it's a Monday, and they don't have times listed past Thursday. Hey, so, I wonder if I can do. This is gonna. This is gonna drop after I've seen this film. So. <laughs> so I, you know, no, I can't get caught. In this way, at least. But what if I go see Godzilla and Spider-Man's playing in the theater next to me <laughs> after I walk out? And just walk in. Should I just go take a seat? Maybe. If there's an empty one, of Might course. I yeah. recommend you go watch Child's Play instead? Oh. Little Mark Hamill? Little Mark Hamill, yeah. Or maybe Literally Little Mark Hamill? Maybe I could go watch... Toy Story 4, all of it this all time? All of it, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll uh, for those that don't know, uh, I took my two-year-old grandson to Toy Story 4 and saw 
the first 10 minutes and the last 30. And that was it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But it was the best movie ever because I was with Graham and he's adorable and we had fun. <sighs> so wholesome. And that's what counts. That's what counted to me. Now it can be a couple years before I take him to a movie. I wanted to take him to his first movie so that he always says, Grandpa took me to my first movie. And uh, mission accomplished. Now we can wait until he can sit through a movie to see <laughs> Still, one. Yeah. Yeah. Now we wait. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But good of you to take him. It was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. So anyway, the, as the bet stands, I have to see Spider-Man Far From Home. I skated in right under the wire with Endgame. Thank you, Russo Brothers. Yeah. Bow yeah. down to you. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Corporate Greed. You saved yeah. me. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Did and they beat Avatar with that? No, not even close. They they're didn't. like they're like twenty seven million dollars short, and there's no way I think. Oh. Or that's what I I think I read that somewhere. I don't actually know if that figure is accurate. Sorry. Well, I but did only contribute one viewing, so um, it's probably I, partially my fault. We contributed two, but and I I definitely saw Avatar fault. twice. So, oh, <gasps> no, I saw dun, regular dun. and 3D. Yeah, I saw Endgame so, twice. So, I guess whatever. I'm at this point to see Endgame again. I'm just gonna wait until it comes out. Oh, let's be way. honest, you're not gonna see it again. <laughs> no, I would watch no, it again. No, no, I would. no, dude, I totally no. would. I didn't, and I kind of feel bad for not going a second time, but life's just been busy. I get that. That happens. But I'll buy the DVD. I'll yeah. buy the Blu-ray. I'll watch it again on Blu-ray. Or you know, I'm totally when, gonna buy the Blu-ray when the Disney streaming platform comes out and it's there. Just oh yeah, I'll watch, watch it, it all there. the time. Then. That's true. I mean, it was good. I liked it. It did not mm-hmm. feel like a three-hour-long movie. Yeah. So, I thought Infinity War felt longer, honestly, and it was shorter. So true debt. That, in my personal opinion. So, but it's been it's been fun the to do the whole MCU in back to back to sort of back to back. <laughs> Three months, lady. Yeah. Three months. Hey, that's look. it's actually pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. I I applaud you because oh, I know well, you're not. I'm proud. You're not of her. a super movie goer. I know. And, I was- that's a lot of movies to watch in a three-month period, despite not Mr. Really, Adrian, not a movie really. a day for 365 mm. days. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I will never compare to Adrian's movie-watching prowess. And I was just I, thinking today after I see Spider-Man, I'm probably not going to see a movie until December. Until Star Wars comes <laughs> out. Not, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go back to a theater until yeah, then. You have to watch Looper, have you? What? Looper. Oh, no. You haven't I have watched to, Looper. I have to watch that after. I have to get, I have a bunch. I still have, I have a bunch. I have like a stack of movies waiting for me, Adrian. Let it be known that I sent both John and Kat a Blu-ray copy of Looper. 2017. And I watched it. John watched it and he liked it. (laughs) I I loved it. And I let Matt borrow it. Matt hasn't watched it. Oh, Matt hasn't watched it. No, he hasn't given it back because he hasn't watched it yet. (laughs) I'm like, you need to watch that? He's like, I don't have a Blu-ray player. I'm like, um, Why am I letting you hold it? Where's he got it? Come on, man. Come What's on, wrong Matt. With you, Matt. Come on, Matty. Speaking of Ryan Johnson, did yeah. you guys see that the knives out the yes. is yes. dropping yes, yes, tomorrow? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Which crew? Oh my god. Knives out. Knives out. An American Who Done It by Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. 
Oof. And it's got a really stellar looking cast. Dude, that is Ruin like... Johnson made a movie? <laughs> Another one, I know. And all the fanboys are going to be super. Somebody mad let about him? It. Yeah, I know. Somebody gave him money to make another movie? How dare they? God bless that person. (laughs) Clearly, they didn't see The Last Jedi. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to see the trailer for that. But not the movie. Word. (laughs) Word. Just the trailer, not the movie. Uh, Yeah, just the trailer. I mean, that's pretty much what I do. I just watch trailers, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that seems great. I'll I'll read the Wikipedia article later about that. Don't worry, Adrian will send you the Blu-ray and you won't watch that either. He won't send me the Blu-ray, no. (laughs) Um, You know what? I have given John a lot of movies lately. He's watched most of them, I think. Or a good chunk of them. I have. I I think, all right, let me check. Because you sent me all those Godzilla movies and I've been binging them. Nice. Let Let me see. Oh, and I got through that miserable Godzilla Netflix. Oh. Terrible. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, let's see. I need to open the app. So, so while John more. checks, uh, how many MCU movies are there? 20, 20, 20 something, 21, 22? Wait, how many what movies? MCU. Oh, 22, right? And so, then it'll be 23 with Spider Man. Three months. So, does it boggle your mind that I, 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 I wanted to binge Godzilla leading up to King of the Monsters? Those are like 30 plus films. Ugh. And I did it. I know. You did it in like four days or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, top of that, I watched some of the uh, spin-off stuff that's not necessarily a Godzilla movie like Mothra and Rodan. And... Yeah. Look, you, hey, no. I, total props to that. I don't even know how you watch a movie a day for a whole year because, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, we've watched, like, two movies. Not every weekend, obviously, because I would have wrapped up before this point. But, like, when we've both been home. And we've been gone a lot and been doing different things, which is why it's taken so long. For a while, I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing great. And then, like, three weekends in a row, it was like, open. Oh, we haven't watched anything. Um... Yeah, no, I it boggles my mind. I would have caved after like a week if I tried to watch a movie a day. Okay, Adrian sent me six Godzilla movies. Yeah. Mecha Godzilla 2, yeah. Space Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla versus Destroya. Yeah. Godzilla versus Megagirus. Eh, you can skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one of the ones I didn't watch. Um Godzilla Tokyo SOS. So good. And Godzilla Final Wars. <sighs> I uh, I have watched half of those movies. Nice. Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah. I watched, uh, I started with Space Godzilla because I had only seen it once. And uh, uh, Destroya. And then I watched Mechagodzilla 2. And, um, yeah, now I've got the the final three here on the list to uh, get down with. And I will. Because if I can sit through that Netflix animated, <laughs> these are going to seem like freaking gold. You know what's crazy? I, I feel John is like the medium here. Kateri, you read books like a lunatic. And it, it yeah. takes me a good while. I can watch 35 Godzilla movies in four days or something stupid like that, like you said. <laughs> right. But it's so Sorry, I wasn't... <laughs> hard for me to sit down with a book and focus on it. 
It's got to be a damn good book for me to focus. And sometimes even when it is, I'm like, well, I'm to watch I this watch movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Godzilla. You know, it's. Well, you know, that's what makes us unique individuals, Adrian. And by the but way, I totally I respect your to reading an, speed. I, I totally But I can listen that. to an 18-hour Beatles broadcast from Sirius XM. And I don't hours. think either of you could sit through that. Probably not. You're yeah. probably right. And I like the Beatles, but I don't know if I could sit through 18 hours. Every single recording the Beatles ever made um, in wow. chronological order. Oh, sneak into yesterday after Godzilla then. Yeah, that's yeah, a good Yeah, that idea. looks good. I might want to see that with Mrs. Frederick because, mm. you know, it's a rom-com. So That's true. Big emphasis on the com. Really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Funny movie. Okay. Okay. You saw it. Yeah. Oh, of course wow. Adrian okay. saw it. Adrian watched the movie? <laughs> Adrian, yeah. Well. Adrian watched a movie? No. Adrian watched a movie that wasn't sci fi or horror? That <laughs> wasn't Godzilla? I am a child of all cinema. Yes, you are, <laughs> sir. That's... I appreciate your. Yeah. My your, preference uh, is obviously sci fi and horror. Your deep but... scope of um, movie entertainment. Um, possibilities. Thank you. And yeah, seem endless. You would, uh, you would, you're gonna love yesterday. Okay. Like I was thinking of you the whole time, pretty much. Oh, thanks, pal. Uh, you got it, buddy. Oh, oh. oh. group hug. Books. Books. I have words about books. Words about books. I'm so glad, John, that one, that yeah. you can join us, and two, that you listened, read uh, the audiobook yeah. of Master and, of On oh, that, hold and, on, on that, and, hold and, on, hold on. And, let me speak. And, 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 let me speak. I listened to your podcast about the other book that I listened to. I would like to speak. And I have words. Let me speak. I have words. I'm Go trying ahead. to be nice to you, John. Go ahead. I lost my turn of thought. Uh-huh, see? <laughs> I'm good at that, Last too. podcast, I said I was struggling to yeah. get through Master and Apprentice. Yes. Yes. John was nice enough to send me a, an audio version of Master and Apprentice. Woohoo! I was able to finish. So Still still doesn't make up for all the movies you've sent my way. <laughs> well, that's all good, but I, I just wanted to thank you on the, on the show for allowing me to finish the book, basically, <laughs> in time. For this podcast, so, that we could, so we can actually talk because about it. There were there were moments in the audio book where it was a struggle. Mm, yeah, we're gonna get You're to that. Breaking my heart. Wait, we liked it. It's it, a wait, damn yeah. good book. Damn good book. Like, so spoiler alert: it was a damn good book. But <laughs> hashtag keeping it real. It was a struggle at at points. There was like. Five different times they could have wrapped that ish up and it still would have been damn good. And they let it burn slow. slow. Just burn slow. The payoff was worth it. Slow but burn. That book, it- that book was a grind, even in audio format. Yeah, like like John said uh, on the thread, there'd be times where I thought I'd be ending. If like the thing is ending, then I'd say there's still four hours left. I'm like, what? Four hours? Yes. I was same spot. <laughs> I'm like I can't believe there's still four hours of this. No. Oh. Then another the point. Payoff was good. Yeah, great payoff. But like at another point, like all right, this is this is good. Oh my god, I love how this is wrapping up. One more hour. What? 
It's like mm. the never the never ending novel. It felt like that at some points, but I love it. It's a damn good story. I love the appreciation it gave me for for Qui Gon and I, I any story with Obi Wan is a good story in my book. In my eyes. I loved it way more than I than I liked Dooku. Okay. I have problems. With, I have problems with Dooku because I listen to both. Yes, and Dooku gives me issues. Um, but Master and Apprentice, I thought, had just some great moments. So I have a question for both of you. Fire away! Diving right into yes. Force Fan Book Club. Um, so you guys, you guys both listen to Dooku Lost first, and then listen to Master and Apprentice. Yes, correct. I and, did it, and then I listened to Dooku Jedi Lost again oh, afterwards. Wow. So yeah. okay. So, so I, you've technically, done that. I you read did... three books. Yeah. Since we spoke last. John, I'm going to send you a gold star. Yay, um, gold star. <laughs> is it a gold star wars? Gold star wars, that's right. Yay. A little trophy. Um <laughs> but which which do you think you would re- if people had not read or listened read, I guess, had not read either <laughs> of these. Yeah. Would you recommend Dooku Jedi Lost first and then Master Apprentice Absolutely. or vice versa? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Okay. Why? Yep. If you're gonna if you're gonna enjoy them both, mm-hmm. start with Dooku first. And the reason why is because wait, can we say at the same time? Can we say at the same time? I don't know. I feel like we I don't know. I, for, we might be able to. This would be hilarious. How, if it's not. how are we gonna say it? it? How are we gonna say it? Is it a character? Gosh. Is it a character? It is a character. Yes, okay. it is a character. <laughs> on the, count of, uh, on the <laughs> count of three, say the character's name. First name only because I can't remember the last name. Okay. <laughs> okay. One. Two. Two. Three. three. Rail. Rail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Rail Albatross. Just because of rail. Yes. Yes. Rail Albatross. <laughs> right. <laughs> That right there, Cat Ray, is why you should read Dooku Jedi Lost first before Master and Apprentice. Absolutely. Okay. 100% yes. Yep. Yes. I mean, oh, so I, I'm so I right. We were on the same note of that because, because the way they introduce him in Jedi Lost, I like the character a lot better. And then when they give him more to do in, the, in Master and Apprentice, you I find myself enjoying him a lot less. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. where it diverges. Oh, I yeah. I I really liked him in his little cameo in Dooku, and then I didn't like him at all in this book. In this book, this movie, in this book, I didn't like him. <laughs> See, for me, I liked him more in Master and Apprentice because of the context I had from Dooku. Yeah. So I guess it just kind of comes down to original prequel first type of argument. But for me, yeah. I could appreciate the character more, having gotten a bit of a sense of where he came from and what kind of background he had. We sure. had this younger version of him than this aging version version of him, with some uh-huh. more context about his Jediisms. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it certainly gives you a, a, a better sense of context and you know an introduction to the character, and then you see him later as this other character. But, um. 
I get I guess guess my problem with him in this book is that he went from being in the first book, he went from being this cool cowboy character <laughs> to in the second book, a completely flawed flunky character, like dirty and scruffy and so all of a sudden they made him short, I think, you know, and, uh, smoking, you know, like two different things. He smoked death sticks and <laughs> cigarellas or something. I can't remember what they called. Oh, them right. The, book, the Star Wars but... version of cigarettes. <laughs> that was right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, hold on. Let's dial it back a bit. Well, Cat, so, you read yeah. it in order, though. Release order. Yes. So, as with apparently all things, I haven't to read them in release order, watch them in release order. No. Right. Um, mm. So, I, yes. So, I read them in release order because I got Master and Apprentice first um, at Celebration. And then... Sure. And then Dooku Jedi Lost came out after I'd already read. So, I kind of did the opposite. I... I read Master and Apprentice. I listened to Dooku Lost. I read Master and Apprentice again. And then I think I listened to Dooku Jedi Lost again. Um, so I just kind of bounced around between oh, the two totally of those up things. Me. Okay, go um, ahead. <laughs> she probably read it again right now while we were discussing Rail. <laughs> right, yeah. I well <laughs> I do I do have the the, the book on my Kindle. She has it open. <laughs> I do, of course. <laughs> Guys, come on. Of course I do. No, of course um, she does. We're talking about it. Yeah. So why wouldn't she? I'm the teacher's pet, remember, guys? I've got my book open. (laughs) I'm on chapter four. Taking Uh, notes. (laughs) Taking notes. (laughs) Sitting in the front row. So so I did it the other way. Yeah. And so what was your experience like? Well, I I thought, I mean, I didn't, so I didn't mind Rail. I thought he, in Master and Apprentice, when I first read it, I thought he was a really interesting character um, who you can kind of tell has gone off the rails, and there's obviously some history there, but I would agree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And you can, you can definitely, you know, you can tell within the context of Master and Apprentice that there's this backstory there. I mean, we get a little bit of that mystery, but, you know, just even with, his relationship, uh, his and Qui-Gon's relationship, and then their relationship to Dooku. And I think that Dooku Jedi Lost um, does a, a better, obviously, well, it fleshes that out more. And so I think you're right in that sense that if if you, re- if you read, listen, um, Dooku Jedi Lost first, you get more of a sense of, like, where these characters are coming from, um, especially Rail. So... I mean, I don't think that's that bad way to do it. But I think, you know, either way can work. I don't think it has to be one way, but I definitely see where you guys are coming from. That, How would that, you recommend people to read it? Um, Like, do you wish you had read it in our, the way we did? or Maybe a little bit to hmm. flesh out Rail more um, because he plays such an, even though he's technically not, like, the main one of the main characters he's such an integral part of the story and yeah. it, it it's a lot about it's his, all his fault basically <laughs> yeah I, well i was gonna more politely i was gonna say it's a uh, it has a, a lot of it hinges on his failure as a jedi and given that dooku jedi lost talks a lot about the failures of the jedi and that's kind of a theme that runs through jedi lost um 
I think they really build nicely on each other if you read them in that order. Whereas with um, Claudia Gray's Leia novels, I actually felt if you read them in release order, although you could go either way, if you read them in release order where it's older Leia and then you get younger Leia, I actually thought that was better um, because there's some things that come up in the one that then you kind of get the payoff for in the other. Oh, that's um, cool. And that's not necessarily the case here with... Definitely not. Um, I mean, yeah, basically almost not at all. And maybe that's because they're written by two different people who I'm sure Claudia Gray and Kevin Scott worked closely together when they were doing this, given that these were released in the same month and had a lot of the same characters in them. So I'm sure they worked closely together, but they were still written by two different people. So there's different things, obviously, that are going to be emphasized by each of those authors. So um, so I think, I think I tend to come down with you guys is that I actually think it would be better to read Jedi Lost first and then read Master and Apprentice because it kind of continues the theme of um, the Jedi not ha- struggling um, a little bit. Yeah, well, then losing plus, their ways. M- yes, Sorry, go yeah. to Right. Plus, Master and Apprentice is a better end note than Jedi Lost. It's got a better punch at the end. And yes. Jedi Lost is not a very good story. <laughs> well, well... <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I think I mean, you do have no, you have a you have a good point, John, is that I think a, a Master and Apprentice definitely has a better kind of closing point whereas Jedi Lost just kind of was garbage. Ends. Yeah. No, Whoa. I liked Snow I your liked role. Yeah. Your rolls roll in over there really fast. Slow it down. There's there's <laughs> there's a lot about Jedi Lost that I liked, but I agree the Me ending, too, but I but I do have of... more I have more problems with Jedi Lost Fair. than a lot of Star Wars stories. And I feel like I feel like I don't know how Lucasfilm didn't pay closer attention to it, but I feel like if they were really watching it, they'd have been like, Oh, you gotta change a lot of that. Huh. I get an example. Um, uh, a prime example would be the character of uh, uh What's his name? Sifadius. Right, exactly. Yeah, yes. Problem. Thank you. <laughs> he that that was my the biggest problem with with this book to me was Sifadius. Um, for um, a lot Jedi of reasons. Lost, correct. Right. He, Jedi lost. Um, for a lot of reasons, um, not, not just the fact that he doesn't seem to be consistent with the little bit of Sifo-Dyas that we know later on in the timeline, he seems like an inconsistent character, but also from the aspect of here's this character that, um, is getting all these force visions or seeing the future and then the next the next book that you read is all about how Jedi's aren't supposed to read the future. Know what I mean? There's a big that's a big problem. You've got one or character that that's, that's all he's about. Uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, but here uh, it is the the well, wait a minute. The <laughs> second book though 
takes place after the first book. Yes. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but in the second book, they make it sound like Jedis haven't been predicting the future in a millennium. Wait a minute. What was Siphonius doing in the last book? That's a big problem. It was one time, it's, John. It, you it know, was the whole damn character. Is not causation. <laughs> it was the whole damn character. He was. He, he had almost a mental. He has a illness mental illness. It's a, it's, he, over, it's depicted as a mental over illness, all these, which I love. These visions, all these visions of you know the future and stuff, and and it was debilitating to the character. And now all of a sudden, Qui Gon doesn't even bring that up in the next book and say, uh, well, you know, um, I know we're not supposed to read the future, but Sifo-Dyas can <laughs> very accurately. In fact, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. And I, I see where you're coming from, I guess to me, because of what we see in the clone wars, I, I don't know. We definitely like these visions at least from what we see in the Clone Wars, or by the time we reach the Clone Wars, are not terribly uncommon. Like, Ahsoka has them. Anakin has them. You know, Yoda. we... Yoda. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if you, so, if you look at the timeline... I mean, it's later. You know, Qui-Gon, yeah. Qui-Gon is in The Phantom Menace, the one talking about the prophecies, the prophecies, mm-hmm. the prophecies, you know? And um, so to me... That should be the start of when Jedi's are having these visions of the future and, you know, correlating how they're predicting into modern times and real world and all that stuff. So I'm okay with all that stuff happening after that point in the timeline. But previous to that, there shouldn't be a character that's sole purpose is, you know, basically to be a human crystal ball. Well, but we only—that was my biggest problem. Okay, I mean, we only really see one instance of that when it's about the the planet, um, which oh god, sorry, the one with the floating, the one with the floating cities, right? That one. Yes. Yeah. It was the whole time he was on that planet, though. You know, he's predicting Dooku, Dooku, Dooku. Oh, that. Oh, you're talking about later. Yeah, same book. Yes, same book. Yeah. I, we're, we're so he's, talking predi- about- he's having these predictions and they're coming true the whole time he's on that planet. And it's driving him mad. Yes. Sorry. And then I'm in the next to- book, nobody can do it. Or, or so they can't do it. They shouldn't do it. It's kind of like, they, a, it's like a dirty ability. It. If you're a Jedi yeah, has Force Visions, you're going to be shamed. I. Yeah, and I mean, I think you could argue that Sifo-Dyas is shamed a little. Like, he's still, in the sense that in Jedi Lost, as it goes along, like, he's still with his master because of it. You know, they're working in tandem because he can't really function very well. Um, And so I think it has less to do with the truth of the visions and more about how the Jedi react to them. I mean, because even in Jedi Lost, you see that they're kind of hesitant to believe Sifo-Dyas' vision. Um, And I guess by the time that Qui-Gon is having his vision, I mean, you could see how they might still be wary of that. 
or maybe not truly believe because we don't ever know if he told the council anything about his visions on Sereno. Like we had the one yeah, incident. But Qu- Qui-Gon earlier knew the about him though. Well, I don't think Qui-Gon necessarily knew about that particular one though. Did he? They're I don't all know. In the same room, weren't they? I can't remember. I haven't re-listened to it. I don't know. I mean, not at the beginning, obviously, because that's just when um, right. Dooku and Sifedius are Padawan. So, yeah. I mean, Qui-Gon probably isn't even born yet. Yeah, and I was totally <laughs> cool with all that. I was totally cool with all that that cool relationship they had and going through, uh, you know, becoming Padawans together. I didn't like him calling them Do though. <laughs> or no, wait, that was somebody else, right? <laughs> That was uh, no, Dooku's. it was no, it was Sifo-Dyas. Yeah, it was Sifo-Dyas. Kept calling him Dew. I didn't like that. Needed the Dooku. Dew. Yeah. That was stupid. Um, but um, that was cool. But then all of a sudden they give him this big, you know, um, schizophrenia, for lack of better way to explain it. Essentially, schizophrenic Jedi powers of reading the future, and um. And then fast forward to well, when they find out I that he ordered the clone I army. I have a theory about it's that, like, though. How does he get from there to there to there? Uh, yeah, and I, we don't know. I right like, but, but I like the. But it easily could have been a different character. They could have thrown a different name on him, and I would have been fine with it. No, no, think but about because it. Because he's Sifo-Dyas, I have extra struggles. Think about it, right? We know Sifo-Dyas ends up ordering the clone army, right? Manipulated by Dooku, right? Is that still canon at this point? I we don't have anything to suggest otherwise. I don't know. I think I think we're seeing the build up to that. I I think we're getting some sort of trilogy or series hidden amongst these books that focuses on everything leading up to the Clone Wars, right? So we got Rails going to play some other part later on. I feel like there's a Rail trilogy going on in these books. Setting up Sifo Diaz as this schizophrenic and also a Sifo Diaz trilogy. Yeah, setting him up for the, for that, right? Like he's he struggled with this as a kid, as a as a young Jedi, as a Padawan. He gets over it. He gets the Force help he needs, or what have you, right? He thinks he's good. Yeah. He makes it into the Council. All right. At this point, Dooku, Dark Side, Palpatine's all good. You know, we gotta do this now. Good. What better way to manipulate the Jedi from Duke's perspective than to get this, you know, schizophrenic dude basically that trusted him because he grew up together, trained together, and exploit this weakness, power, whatever you want to call it, into leading all into the creation of the clone army and the clone wars and what have you. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing the seeds of all that being planted. Mm. That's an interesting theory. Possibly. I, I yeah. like that. That's very, very possible. Um, we'll see. So I, I agree with John in that I think I even brought this up in the thread at one point. That yes, Ifoidias went from this mentally ill person to a council member, which to me was, yeah, well, okay, what happened there? But there is still a couple of like decades between all that. Ugh, Star yeah. Wars timelines. So yeah. a lot can happen. It's the way I see it. Like Sure. Yes. You're right. I mean, I think I think there's still a lot we don't know. And I think Adrian, I like I like that theory is they might be 
now kind of filling some of that in and these may be seeds of how how the clone wars started um from so we'll see yeah from dooku's dark from the dark side perspective of things yes yeah my other struggle with jedi lost was <laughs> Thought we were talking about Master, Master and Apprentice. Apprentice. Well, we are, but we have to talk about we have to talk about Jedi Lost first because I wasn't there. When you guys talked about it. Um, my other big struggle with was with Asajj in that it was unclear on whether or not she was hallucinating or if her dead master was actually really. Yeah, I love the ambiguity to that. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I don't. I want it to be a little more clear because if she's just hallucinating, cool, I'm fine with it. But if he's reaching out from behind the grave, again, I have issues with, you know, that should be something that Qui-Gon does and that he's the first Jedi to do that. And I think um, I think Adrian and I basically came down on he's not actually yeah. reaching out from beyond the grave like it's okay. not it's he's not a force ghost or force voice or whatever yeah, i know. realize he's not a force ghost because they she never talks about seeing him she well, only hears him in her head right i'm yeah i'm using and nobody else can hear him and all that stuff yeah but but i'm just i guess i'm just i want it to be more clear that it was maybe her giving voice to her her conscious. I mean, it was obviously supposed to represent her good sides and her bad sides. Dooku is the devil, and um, Ray, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, Kai. 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 Kai Merrick. Yeah, Merrick was the angel. Dooku is the devil, and it's her conscious giving her this battle, and that that that's kind of cool, but I I just don't. For me, you know, here I am, you know. Entitled fanboy, my opinion matters most, right? <laughs> the thing I hate most about fanboyism, but here I am doing it myself. So, I, I mean, I allow everyone at this point to go ahead and at me uh, because <laughs> I'm I'm the human contradiction. I'm the biggest. Well, hold on, uh, hold on. Can I throw another way to read yeah. that? That might help. Sure. Yeah. So it's been established that uh, mm -hmm. objects can be imbued with the force presence what have you of its owner or people locations can okay. be imbued all right right Raise yeah okay the skywalker saber obviously has that going right on. sure possible then kai left some sort of print on the sage so it's not really him but like an echo of him that's being uh vocalized in her own doubts so it can be kind of both mm -hmm. her inner struggle just being vocalized because of the imprint he left on her but when she goes full dark side, it it's uh, exercised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I like that. Let's. Go, I'll compartmentalize it that way. <laughs> For me, that's having your cake and eating it too. Where it's him, but not yeah. really. But it's mostly her. Sure. Okay. I'm good with that. You know what? Thank you for that. Because that's that's what I'm going <laughs> to carry away with that. Because I liked it in the story. You know, I thought it was a cool thing, but I didn't like it in that timeline because. Here I am, the entitled Star Wars fan. You know, Qui-Gon's the first one to reach out from behind the grave to talk to Obi-Wan, and then he teaches Obi-Wan how to do it, obviously, to to speak to Luke and, you know. Yeah. 
And I think that still holds. I don't okay. think they're, I don't think in, in Jedi Lost, they're trying to imply, I mean, it, yes, it is ambiguous, ambiguous. Oh my gosh. Whoa. I'm tired. Um, it's ambiguous. <laughs> ambiguous. That, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's ambiguous. That, it's not, it's not that clear. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> We don't we don't know where Kai's voice is coming from, but I think I don't think they were trying to really imply that yeah. he's speaking from be from the beyond in the force. It's really more of Asajj's conscience or yeah, some like Adrian said, maybe some sort of imprint. Um, but he's not actually there. No, and like right, Kat that, said, we we, we said as much in the last last podcast that we don't think he was actually reaching out from beyond. Anyway, on to Master and Apprentice, though. Master, Master and, Apprentice, and Apprentice, though. That's a good book. <laughs> I mean, between the two books, I would recommend, if you had to only pick one, go Master and Apprentice all day. Totally. Because okay. even though there's parts of it that are a struggle, um, it's really well done. It plays out to me as a Star Wars mystery novel. Mm. And it yeah, was there's... really cool. There's definitely a mystery element there of what's happening. Um, one of my questions that I had for you guys is, did you suspect the plot twist with Fanry as you were reading it? At one point I did, just based solely on the voice actress. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because Be- they chose kind of a a typical... Like voice actress that was not a warm and friendly type voice. It was kind of that mm. manipulative, mm. spiteful, venomous so, type oh, that's, voice. Oh, interesting. That's so an for, interesting choice. Yep. Yep. So it was based on just the voice acting alone. I'm like, mm. that's the turncoat. What about you, Adrian? Wasn't it narrated by the same dude? I mean, just. Didn't he do the voices for everybody? Yeah, but the voice he he chose the the inflections and the okay. you know the direction of that character was a, that certain kind of like Palpatine okay. creepy <laughs> and I'm this and that and yeah uh, okay that's interesting yeah did you take that I didn't, away Adrian I didn't or? get like a vizier or like you know. I'm a ruler of the city or anything like that. It was all darky kind of. Hmm. Because at least, well, Adrian, what about you? Sorry, no. I haven't talked about myself yet. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, I I wasn't trying to really figure anything out. And mm. no, I was really surprised when it happened. I was, I thought it was going to be someone from Zerka just kind of trying to. I don't know, Zerka or one Push of the... That, That's what Claudia yeah. wanted you to think, bro. Yeah. No, she wanted I, to think it was the terrorist. I thought it was someone from Zerka. I thought it was um, the captain of the guard. Darren. So when I when I read it, you know, Fanry came, came, kind of came across as, you know, that typical, she's like 14, so she seemed eager to please, you know, um, strong-willed, but... You know, I totally. And so when we got to the plot twist, and she's, I was like, "What the?" And then when I went back and reread it, some of the the words that 
Claudia chose to use in like her dialogue or, you know, describing <laughs> what she's saying or what's happening. I was like, oh, I see these like subtle clues now. Um, but the first time I usually feel like you could, you know, there are some books where you can kind of see better, I guess, the twist. And I was like, whoa. But then I went back and reread it and I was like, OK, I see. It was just very subtle. Some of the hints that she kind of laid. Right. Um, also, too. But I, um, sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, but I, I kind of liked that. Um, I liked the twist that it was actually Fanry who was trying to take control and, you know, um, yeah. And she wasn't being manipulated. She was actually doing some of the manipulating. Right. The thing with, I think the thing that stopped me, too, from seeing it or picking up on it is that we really rarely got anything from her perspective. True. Most, true. Of the, most of the time yeah. we talked about Fannery or Fannery was being talked about as from Rail's perspective and he worshipped the girl. Which, I mean, also helps cloud it, so, right? Because... In retrospect, it's like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's build this little girl up to be like the most amazing, impressive, mm-hmm. important person ever. And then bam. So, okay. And well... Yeah. And a lot of that is real projecting on her, exactly. Right? Like his his own losses, yeah. And and you know you get that when she lashes out, then um, and you're like, oh damn, you done screwed up good. By the way, <laughs> the music choices in that section of the audiobook, fantastic. This yeah. really made the moment that much more. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. No, no awkwardly placed across the stars in that section. <laughs> <laughs> right, which there are plenty unlike, of throughout. Unlike the books. a certain other portion. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's up with these Star Wars audiobooks and across the stars. It's because there's not enough prequel music, you guys. You can blame that on George Lucas, but anyway, mm. um, or John Williams. Well, John, excuse me, John Williams is just doing. You know, he wrote more music. Then they put in those movies. Okay, it, right. it was George. Fair it enough. It was George and the editing. <laughs> Done in post-production. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I do think that's part of the problem. Sorry, this is totally sidetracking. I do think it's yeah. because there's not enough Williams prequel music that they can use. And so sometimes some of the- Well, they use music from all the use. movies. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'd say 99% of the time they, they, they chose appropriate music. Yeah. But the few times they don't, it's like, well, that was curious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that, very notable. That final camaraderie uh, talk that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon have in that garden. Right. They're playing across the stars, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. So yeah, no. It's like, yeah, they're friends, but it's not that kind of relationship. Obi-Wan, lead in for a kish. Yeah. <laughs> Uh no, but, I'm not gonna no yeah. no John, stop it. This isn't very this big, <laughs> You have a very specific set of Jedi skills. Let's see them. No Okay. Teach me, Master. <laughs> okay, no, we're we're stopping it. We're done. All right, moving back. Sidetrack. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, Fannery, uh Rail worshipping her. It was always from yes. Rail's perspective for the most part. Mm-hmm. Up until the big yeah. reveal. Then we started seeing things from her perspective more. Yes. So that's why I didn't see it. And I applaud Claudia Gray for that. That yeah. was great. Yeah. Fantastic. It was good because it was subtle, but it doesn't come out of nowhere when you go back and look at 
kind of the at the clues. She's yeah, though, this little this um, little girl was actually power hungry the whole time. Okay, I I could see that. I mean, but with good reason, right? Like she's oh for sure she no, she makes a bad choice, but you can understand why she made that bad choice. Really? Like, yeah, well, did she though? Yes. I mean, even her well, her oh, slave mean, friend kind of like turned mean, on her when it became right. apparent it was more. You're not really in. Yeah. Your heart's not really in this. You just want the power. You know what? I'm betraying you now because, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, that's what well, I- it. You know that I guess that that does lead to my biggest problem with the book. Okay. Is that it seemed completely unnecessary for her to do that, where she could have just said, "Uh, yeah, I'm not signing this because this is dumb." You know. But that wouldn't have and been very dramatic. It wouldn't have. And <laughs> and also, the, the other biggest problem I had was Rail, Rail not going, maybe we should look at this closer. You're right. You know, yeah. with his, his, his master's other apprentice coming to him saying, uh, it's not a square deal, bro. And he's like, yes, it is. Did you even but, read it? What? I did, yeah, actually. And, and it says right here. And he goes, well... So what? It's like, come on, Rail. <laughs> read the damn thing. Take it to the Jedi Council. What's the problem? Well, and even if some... you have suspicion, hold off on the signing ceremony. Investigate it. But I think that kind of goes towards the overall theme, right, of getting too bogged down in, you know, what you think is right or trying. He was so focused on you know, trying to see Fanry, trying to see his mission through because he'd failed previously. And he was trying right. so hard to be successful that he didn't, he couldn't accept that something might not be right about it. Like, with uh, the, with the maybe. Contract. I love the being the middle time, point between you two. I just, I gotta say, <laughs> okay. I love right. it. Let me counterpoint that. Okay. Because this is, this is the same rail that has now suddenly turned into, I don't give a F about anything. He's disillusioned about the Jedi Order. He's disillusioned about, you know, he, you know he's trying to overcompensate for the loss of his, other, his Padawan and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So he's kind of blind to all that stuff anyway. Which, yeah. Um, which definitely plays into it. But at the same time, he's totally. like, he's like the dude abides, you know? He's Love like, it. Yeah. He's like, you I know, whatever, dude. Well, John, whatever, that's just you know? like your I, opinion, I man. Okay, <laughs> bro. But I, mean, I don't necessarily like think no. those two things are in opposition. Except I, in that critical moment where Qui-Gon comes to him and goes, dude, this is effed up. And he's like, he, he should have been like, well, maybe you're right, man. But I don't want to sort it out. Talk to Yoda. <laughs> that's the that's the big that's my issue with it. But but Human, I can oversee that. I can let it. I can let it skate by. Contradictions. Be, I I, I love contradictions. I'm a human contradiction. Uh, but that was kind of a big one for me in this in this case, and I let it skate by because the rest of it's so good. It's so well written. And you don't really see the big reveal coming until the very end. And, you know, all the interweavings of the, uh, um, 
the terrorist group that's actually just lesbians, you know, yes. <laughs> and, and acrobats and poets and stuff. That's so funny. And like, it was so cool to do, to see that. I'm like, oh, Claudia, I see what you're doing. That's cool. Because those are the exact type of people that would stage those big kind of things, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's believable, but they're also the same kind of people who would never hurt another person. So it's like, that's a cool touch. And Claudia, I applaud you for that, you know? Um, and then the whole black, you know, men in black thing, that was cool too. You know, they had this new technology that we never ever see again. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> but Obi-Wan gets an orange lightsaber for right. pages or something. Uh, yeah, that was a right. trip. But it doesn't work on anything but that but the, specific shield. Yeah. Right? What a happy coincidence. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I, can, I, his, can I counter? Did he ever get his kyber crystal back? Yes. Can I? He got it back. Yeah, he, I mean, he does. Did I we fall just asleep through that? He, no, just, he, just found a, he, found, he found a new one in a Cracker Jack box after, afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, right, and found yeah. a real one on that the extended edition at the planet. end, when they're in the garden, Qui-Gon actually has a box of Cracker Jack, and he's, <laughs> Obi-Wan, would you like a handful? Thank you, Master. And he pours them out, and a little, little kyber thing falls out. And it's like, oh. Well. Look at Obi-Wan. You've you've reached the secret surprise inside. I see, Master. It, that, that's what happens. No, I definitely fell asleep in that chapter. No. <laughs> <laughs> Extended edition. Anyway, oh, right. the, peanuts, uh, the peanut skins will get stuck in your teeth. <laughs> I foresee. I, I foresee pieces stuck in your teeth, Obi Wan, in your future, Master. Anyway, right. I, I'm gonna counter, and I think Cat would agree with me here. Well, I agree with John. We'll see. I agree with John that it's frustrating. Those parts of the books are frustrating. I agree with Kat that it's kind of integral into what the whole business with rail is. You need that section. You need all that frustration to kind of complete his arc. Coming pretty much to face with his failures. You know, he's like facing him head on. Mm-hmm. You don't have any of that. He's just kind of there. Doesn't do anything interesting. It makes that moment at the end where he hangs up on Dooku that much more interesting to me. It's like, oh, okay. This experience now and how he changed from it made him change his perspective here, too. He's like, well, no, never mind. Which, for me, I want to see more of Rail now because of this book and how he changed throughout it, you know? Yeah. What happens to Rail? I mean, I think... I don't give a crap. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> That's one useless character. You don't want a dude Jedi no. running around. No, no. no. Oh, John. You're, you're I don't need me. that. You're hurting me. I don't need that. I'm I hurt. Need I feel personally attacked. I just, <laughs> so I almost feel, gosh, now that you're talking about it like this, I almost feel like Jedi Lost and Master and Apprentice are like mirrors of each other. Yes. Like a dark and a light. Because in Jedi Lost, you have both Dooku and Asajj that are losing their way. Or lose yeah. their way, basically both of them. And yeah. in Master and Apprentice, you have, you know, Obi, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon kind of recommit themselves to the Master-Padawan relationship. They discover that they actually can work together. And yes. then you have Rail, who's falling into kind of this Jedi lost disillusionment, and he's able, through this turn of events, to 
come back basically i mean he wasn't still, yeah obviously still not lost, he, but he he but was he, like the dark side called and he hung up yes basically you know i mean that's yeah. pretty much what happens and so yeah. you kind of have the inverse here where you have one that could have become lost and he decides to stay in the light and so just listening to you guys kind of have that little interlude it's like it really but here's occurs how it, to me that these are like mirrors of each other well you said it earlier how Kat, it been these, cool. both of these novels deal with uh, finding all the holes in the Jedi Order right now yeah, yeah. it's 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 a it's a running thing between both books like you said and I know, and the the whole way they framed Yoda, I just kept thinking of Yoda's a punk ass bitch, and I'm like, I'm gonna see it. Really? Well, yeah. Zio. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. my gosh. I feel, the way I feel, they're laying it out. Got some like, character wow. development from John tonight. Huh? Yeah, know, man. Yeah. I I'm like, feel okay. Indicated. You see where I'm yeah, coming? Yeah, they're really they're really setting that up. I guess that <laughs> Ray's probably right. I mean, I'll I never just... admit to it. <laughs> We're not recording right now, right? Oh yeah, no, I no, stay. not at all. <laughs> Stopped okay, an hour yeah. ago. Um. <laughs> off mic. No, but seriously, I mean, they they kind of like made Yoda like this um, this character that was so high on his Jedi pedestal that he wasn't in tune. You know, wasn't listening, was above it all. But I and think, yeah. holier than thou in some ways, you know. Um, even, even in, well, I, I don't want to go back to the other book, but. Even um, there too. Yeah. Even in both books, both books, they kind of like are, are, are putting these little sprinkles of that sort of thing, um, out there, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it allows you to see like, this is, this has been going on for a while. Right. Yeah. You know, they've, they're they've, laying that foundation. They're laying, you know, I mean, we knew it was. But this kind of what these books both allow us to see is kind of more insight into what is actually happening in but the Jedi him, Order. Him rationalizing slavery was <sighs> kind of the last straw for me. I'm like, that's a bit too far. I don't think Yoda would really do that. He wasn't rationalizing, though. He's, he said he didn't like it. It's just. Well, yeah. They but, just but, but have, it just really hammers in the point no... that the Jedi lost their way because they're serving a system and not. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And there's there's no impetus to change the system. Exactly. And they're content to work within the system that's there and not upset it. And both, in both books, the main character of the book was offered a seat on the Jedi Council and thought about joining so they could change, be, be the, the... Impetus um, of change. Yes, Exactly. I was going to say impotent change, and that probably would have been effective that's, too. That's different. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's the opposite. <laughs> that's that's probably what they would have become because yeah. I mean the 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 whole group just seems to be mired in um, they're fundamentalists. Not the way of the council. It's yeah, it's, absolutely. They're fundamentalists. And Hard to they change. change. Hard to time. change. their... yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I so mean, it would have Dooku been, tries. They would have been very soft. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Dooku tries, and I think Qui Gon tries, even in Phantom Menace. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's still trying, but we know, of course, that he didn't, he doesn't accept the seat on the council, right. so we yeah. can only speculate, like, maybe he could have changed more, or maybe he would have just fallen in line. Would have make a good what or if he would story. Have, yeah, or he would have just been the lone descent, like always. Right, God, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> Which I wish, more likely. I wish we could get a character, you know, a really important character at some point that could just say, you know what, the Jedi must end. 
because this is messed up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could really get like, a character like that? And then maybe have another important character kind of be like, okay, yeah, yeah. How about a third character who's also trying to end the Jedi, but for opposite reasons? <laughs> Gosh, you know, maybe you guys should write like a screenplay or two and submit them to Lucasfilm. Uh, <laughs> Hire us, Lucasfilm, all three of us. Right? We got ideas. Yeah. Hello. I mean... I saw this oh, movie the other night with uh, Mark Hamill. I don't know if you guys know who Mark Hamill is. Great movie. <laughs> uh-huh. I could totally see what he does there. Be Wait, a- did you say his last name was Camel? Mark Hamill? <laughs> Mark Hamill? No, Mark Hamill, but with an, one L. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Right. Got it. Yeah. Great film. I could see that story totally working in a Star Wars movie. It's called Child's Play. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they so they sprinkle those seeds of, of Yoda being maybe less of the problem solver and more of the roadblock. And mm-hmm. I didn't care for that because of my strong stance You're on pretty- he's not a punk ass bitch, but <laughs> they're paving that way and I actually don't like it. John, you just reminded me Ketri. Yes. Going back two years or however long that whole punk ass bitch mm-hmm. fiasco happened. <laughs> that that was before The Last Jedi. Yes. And I said in my and I said I think when we talked about uh-huh. the last. Je- sorry, ask your question. And then no, I'll, no, no, no. I, I think I, I know where yeah, you're going. No, continue, please. You, you know where I'm going. So with it. what I what I said after the last Jedi was that I liked Yoda more after the last Jedi because he comes around to acknowledging the fact that he failed and what he was trying to do was not actually what needed to happen. Like right. he couldn't. So so after The Last Jedi, I was like, yes, Yoda had a revelation. And yeah, Yoda is back. I <laughs> So John, I compare, like this new Yoda. <laughs> compare that Yoda from uh, Master and Apprentice and Dooku and all that. Compare him to Yoda in The Last Jedi, where he's like, you know what? Rey has everything she needs. He, he's not going to try and train her. There's not going to be any influence from them, from them. She has... The purest form of our Jedi religion on hand. Let her figure it out, because obviously we I can't. Would, I would say that it goes back even further uh-huh. to Empire when Yoda starts training Luke. Even then, because he was like, "He's too old." No, even then, he's too old. He's still Clint. Yeah. yeah. No, he was, but he agreed to do it. But it, he was still fighting with his fundamentalist no, he was. nature. He's You're like, right. You're absolutely right. But he still gave in, and he and he and he gave Luke the seeds to grow what we have now, and it's high quality stuff, man. I would argue that part of, of Luke's, course you would. I'm just saying, part of Luke's <laughs> failure came because of the fundamentalist nature of some of the training he got from Yoda. Yes. Yep. Yep. I I agree. Yoda I agree. set him up for failure for the most part. I I would say. Well, how's that for a hot take? Well, I, that is, I that totally is agree take. with I'm, you. That's a hot take that I am yeah. digging. Um, I don't know that he set him up for failure, but I, I think I think it took even Yoda another turn of events to really come right. to the realization that, okay, even, even after I tried it a second time, now I need to change. But he started, he's like, you know, by, by finally agreeing to train Luke, 
yep. too old he is and all that stuff. For 900 years uh, of I train shit, I, my own council I will keep, uh, you know? He, right. He's yeah. still... No, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. But at the end of all that, now now Luke has the opportunity to set it all up. And we I could assume that Yoda's still a part of that as a force ghost, you know? Um, and starts the new Jedi Order. And then that goes to hell in a handbasket, almost literally. <laughs> and and so that's all done and everything's burned and there's these books and you know and Luke now is like, Oh no, we gotta end this. But it's Yoda who turns around and says, No, no. I was wrong in the way that I, I showed you. Ray's got everything she needs. Let's, you know, Let's end the Jedi, but let's start a new deal. The Skywalker thing that we're probably going to see next. So I don't know. I think it's all, it's all still about Yoda not being a punk ass bitch by the end of it. By the end of it. Right. <laughs> key, key, key uh, phrasing right there. By the end of it. Right. But even, even in Jedi, all right, Yoda's like, no, you've learned everything you can from me. You don't need me anymore. Mm. Anyway, let's anyway. get back to that. Yeah, this Jedi, is... but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just I yeah, just... back to the novels. But Yoda novels to movies to sequels, awesome, awesome development there. But yes, back. Let's go back. Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um, of the new characters that were introduced in this novel, did you have any particular favorites? Aside from rail, Aww. so because sorry, oh, yeah, so like, oh. cut you off at the knees. Sorry. Um, <laughs> aside from rail, mm. I do like the two book. smugglers we meet. The, the former the slave smuggler, oh, uh, Pax yeah. and Rahara. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought that, and and he was raised by three POs. That's and funny. it showed in his. That is that funny. was cool. That was really cool because he seemed like a human who would you know, be manipulating, like learn from and then manipulate all these protocol droids, you know? And it was, it was a real cool, it was, that was a cool character for me. Even the way he joked around with people, you know, it felt like that's where that character's mindset's coming from. Oh yeah. I mean, you can, I thought that was a good, um, yeah, you could you could see like the the droid influenced aspects uh-huh. of his personality, for it's a sure. Well written character. It's like none other we've seen in Star Wars too. It was a fresh kind of like, oh Claudia, look at you pulling out all the stops. Your <laughs> take, nice. What about you, Cat? Yeah, I liked Pax and Rahara. Um, both of them. I definitely thought it was interesting to have packs raised by protocol droids. Like, oh, you want to be like, oh, son, I'm so, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, but I liked them together, and I thought they played off each other well. And I liked um, Pax being very skeptical of the Jedi and making fun of Obi Wan's hair. Um, I mean, I also liked Fanry, even though she ends up. Yeah, you're like, I'm waiting for it. You're yeah. like, you know, you know where I was gonna go. Uh, I think I have a pretty good grasp on what you like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like women who turn the tables. You know, so <laughs> yes. 
Well, I like well, and there's nothing wrong with liking that. Fanry, she like I so I like that Fanry kind of, you know, she puts on this face where it looks like, you know, she's doing everything like she's supposed to, but really lying underneath that, you know, she's got her own different set of motivations and wants. Um you know, obviously, she did not make some great choices. Her kind of ex- jump to the extreme of like, no, we have to kill them all, you know, regardless <laughs> of if innocent people get hurt. You know, you're kind of like, okay, Freaking girl, like you could, you could step it back a bit. Yeah, the hormones. Um, <laughs> hormones be raging, I guess. So one thing I did, one thing I did pick up on when she was asking Obi Wan about his lightsaber, I'm like, this oh, is going to come into play later. You did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gosh, I th- yeah, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. I liked that whole that whole the throat. Well, I guess I guess it was a throne room. The throne room scene, coronation scene. That felt very. Star Wars, you totally. Know, like you could picture yep. that, you know, in your mind. Everybody's uh-huh. like lightsabers springing up and blasters, and right. that was definitely like that had a very cinematic Star Warsy feel to it. You know, I could definitely picture that. Um, mm-hmm. So I liked that that whole bit. How about you, Adrian? Um. You know, usually in the Star Wars books, the, the new characters really don't s- stick with me. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. But yeah, Pax and Rahara are totally a, a new standard as far as like new characters go in these novels. Like all, think, all the reasons you guys said, I, I, would, I mean, they're just great. I'd love to see a mini series of comics starring the two of them. Hmm. Plus, I loved the whole like gem aspect. You know, they're not yeah. smugglers like doing weapons, or you know, it's like they take rocks victimless from one crimes. planet, victimless <laughs> crimes. Yeah, and you know, it it kind of has that. Um, it's totally against the law, but but you know, no but they're not hurting. Hurt. They're not hurting people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, kind of a heist. Not. I mean, not. Yeah. Really a heist, but kind of that feel to it, you know, where they're... Oh, also the uh, the thing that made them invisible on the radars. I'm like, that's going to come back. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so. I also yeah. like the name of their ship was like the most rare gem ever, and it's a Wookiee gem, you know? That was cool. Yes, Yeah. Which I don't remember the name of at this point. No, I could look it up, but... That's right. It's not that important. No. (laughs) Anybody who's interested can look it up for themselves. Yes, that's true. Read the book. You shouldn't be listening to this if you Starts with an Read the book and then forget the name, like me. (laughs) So something... Sorry, listen to the book. It's not about memorizing every single ship name. Anyway. So something I wanted to talk to you guys about. Yes. Yeah. Kyber, the innocent Kyber, will ascend yes, above the- others. Time of prophecy. So that totally just stuck out at me. Okay, the the prophecy. The prophecy is like, ooh, okay, right. Well, I mean, we get yeah, we they, get a bunch. They laid of them. it so heavily upon us that yes. you couldn't miss it. No, but I'm I'm thinking right. So I I think I, I messaged you guys. So you did. So time of prophecy will begin. It's like okay. Uh. My whole thing was Qui-Gon is the Kyber that is in Kyber. He looks like Kyber. He looks like a Jedi. He acts like Kyber. He acts like a Jedi. You know, so to speak. 
but fundamentally at a deeper level they're different both yeah mm. and Qui-Gon is the first to ascend beyond uh mm. what <laughs> I'm just no I'm when you first brought that up I was kind of like oh uh, okay but now that you're talking about it a bit more um I'm like oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, I just thought it was neat that there's this prophecy. Qui-Gon is so obsessed with the prophecies, but there's this prophecy that is about him, basically, and he has no idea. Yeah. I thought that was such a cool uh, connection, though, and it pretty much right. does mark the beginning of the time of prophecy because the Chosen One prophecy is, mm-hmm. like, over yonder, not too far from it's here. the now. next one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 The time it's it's all setting the stage. Mm-hmm. Everything is set up by that one prophecy. And you are the chosen one. <laughs> yes, and sorry, I love that it's quite it's Qui Gon's character. He wasn't just yeah. uh, an enthusiast, a hobbyist with these prophecies. He played such an important matter uh, role in the matter, and yeah, uh, I just love, thing- love 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 that. My my take the, on it. The thing that I loved best about this book was um, Obi-Wan's love of the Varactyl. Oh, that was neat. Yeah. That was cute. And the way I that was... he he communed with it, mm-hmm. and you could tell that they, they had this synergy about them. I mean, they obviously mm-hmm. did. Um, like, above and beyond anybody else, even another Jedi, that he was more in tune to it. And then so that to me was like they took this nugget from a Star Wars movie and made it, you know, fleshed out and more real. Yeah. And it was a really cool moment for his character. And, I know. And it's I like, like that oh, too. Make it Obi Wan extra cool. You know? <laughs> that I love that. that's probably my favorite part of the whole book. Not that and he that was, loved to fly, and then you just think, "Oh my God, there's something going to happen at the end." No, I hated that. I hated, that. Flying. I hated I that. I knew, I knew you were. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I. I hated I, that. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, actually, I, as soon as they um, said, you want to talk about setups? As, oh, I like love to fly, Master. I'm like, oh no, you don't. No, you don't. I don't want to. I don't want to read a book about how you used to love to fly. <laughs> I want you to say this is why I hate to fly. You, you know, I want the... you to be like I'm okay at flying, and that now I hate it, but not I love to fly, and I'll never fly again. <laughs> you just have to wait for the other shoe to drop. You know, oh, it's totally know, coming. But it was just yeah. so. Oh God, it was in your face. It was like, come on, <laughs> don't. I, oh, I don't need that. <laughs> Just say he doesn't like to fly from the beginning, and I'm better with that. Mm. Don't make me, oh, let's give them the moment where he hates to fly. <laughs> and, and it was their just defense, lame, No, dude. I thought it was funny. It, well, it kind of lame, lame, but I thought no. it was funny. Oh, it was so lame, lame in the most Star Wars way possible. Not even. Not I even. Mean, you, oh, not even. Not oh, even. He was on not a roller coaster ride. Right. It was lame in the I most mean, lamest Anakin. way. Anakin Skywalker <laughs> takes a ship on autopilot up to a separatist droid control ship and destroys it, but Obi-Wan flying through like a slave ship is somehow. <laughs> yeah, John. I don't know. Yeah. 
My problem, though, they're is about that equal levels it's of established that Obi-Wan hates to fly. At that point. Right? And now we, we know why he doesn't. need to know the story about why. <laughs> well, we, I mean, it's not necessary. You could In argue fact, that for a lot. I thought it was contrived, and it, and it dumbed down the book. Ooh. Okay. Well, entitled right. fanboy over here. <clears throat> <I'm kidding. laughs> I told you. I told you. I'm I'm what I hate the most. I because it's me. Yeah, I mean that part of the book was just kind of a like, okay, this thing happened. Like that yeah. wasn't. I don't know. For me, no, that because wasn't it was the so most... set up. It was so like I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. paint a big sign, and then I we're know. gonna burn the sign at the end of the book. But we'll get to that later. It's like really, and as soon you as he didn't said feel it, that with the varactyl. Like, no, f that. I did not feel that with the varactyl. See, when I saw Veractyl, I, I was like, oh, because he does it in episode three. Like, I had the same kind of thing, but right. I don't hate it. Yeah, like, but the way neat. they did it was cool. The way they did Obi-Wan Hates to Fly was lame. <laughs> well, you know, when you have a traumatic experience that, you know, actually, to be honest, I sympathize with Obi-Wan there. I, yeah, I make that sound, but like, I was in a traumatic car accident when I was learning to drive. I didn't drive a car for 15 more years after that. So, but you didn't. But you didn't love to drive first. You were learning how to drive. All right, fair point. <laughs> but still, I mean, you have a traumatic experience. Oh, I love to fly, master. I love you... to fly, master. I think no, you're. You wow, don't. John, we already really just not like this. <laughs> I just think that it's possible. Dumb down to... the whole book. I think it's possible to have a traumatic experience that can turn you off of something that you well, formerly yeah, used to like. Well, yeah, of course. But do we need to see it in your face in a Star Wars book? Well, no. Dumb down no. the whole book, or you're just putting too much weight book. on it? I might be exaggerating my point. <laughs> Adrian calling all of us out. Uh, I'm just saying, well, this, it's, this it's, book okay, is far let me, from let me, dumb. Let me, let me put it in this context. Because uh-huh. I'm a music guy, and, and, and music is the soul of everything. <laughs> if you have a song that's three predictable chords in a row, you know, that it's going to feel music? familiar. It's going to feel okay, but you know where it's going, right? If you have a song that has these, well, that was a crazy jazz chord. I, I never heard it in that kind of context before, that kind of flow. That's a song that's going to pique your interest more. And it's gonna like it's gonna make you think more. So if you give me something at the beginning of a story that I already know the end, that's three chords music for me. That's three chord rock, you know, boring stuff that I mean, whatever. But if you give me something that I'm not expecting, that's a better story. That's a better song. I feel like that particular part of the story was three chord rock. You know how it's going to end. You already know. You don't need it. It's not necessary. It's filler. Save me some of this freaking extra four hours at the end of the book. That was like a page, bro. But Well, <laughs> my point, though, it was a page. It was a page at the beginning All of the right. book and a page at the end of the book, a page okay. and a half at the end of the book that they could have ripped out and it still would have been a good book. John, you're, right. you're, you're mad at showing. <laughs> All right. So John didn't did not emphatically did not Damn. like that that, that setup. Yes. All it's right. Really dumb. 
<laughs> I personally Claudia is better than I, that. <laughs> that's probably true. Um I personally got a chuckle out of when Obi-Wan is talking with Fanry about the lightsabers setting up the whole switch later on. Um and she's asking about Jedi dueling each other. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Yeah. Oh, naive yeah. Obi-Wan. Jedi don't fight each other, you oh, know, no. lightsaber yeah. combat. That Never was... to the death. <gasps> battle, be- uh, anybody here battle the heroes just kind of echoing in the yeah, background? Yeah, I mean. Anybody so, think about him and Vader at the, at, in yeah, A New Hope? Well, I was thinking more about. I was thinking episode well, three. I was thinking episode three. I was you also my thinking. You Anakin. You know that. Yeah, I was also thinking, because, I mean, I think he talks about, like, I mean, he talks about Jedi fighting each other, but I think there's something also about lightsabers or something. And I was thinking yeah. about Darth Maul came to mind, you know, like the the duel of the fates and yeah. and the whole fight with Qui-Gon and Obi and Darth Maul. Obi-Wan's so, in all the cool lightsaber battles. I know, he yeah. really almost. is. Almost. almost. Not almost. all of them, but Luke's a lot of them. Luke's got a couple good ones. <laughs> Obi-Wan's in a really cool good one. Yeah. prequel lightsaber fights. So... So that was very blatant, but I, at least for myself. And the first one we see in all of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. But for myself, I got a chuckle out of that just because you're like, oh, little Obi-Wan, like just you, just you wait. It's only, it's only going to get worse, kids. Only going to get worse. (laughs) Sorry, honey. Wow. You know, (laughs) talking about it like this now, there is a lot of stuff going on that's coming from the movies. Just a lot yeah. of references and setups. This, yeah, like on the nose. Oh, yes, yeah. it's funny. It's very, it's very on the nose. But I got a chuckle out of that one because that's the kind of on the nose that I like. Yeah, um, I appreciated that. Um, without it being overly blatant, a la the I love fighting or flighting, flying, flying. Woo, yeah. <laughs> um. So when I first started reading the book, when I was actually reading it in the novel that I. Bought and never read <laughs> paper version. I kept commenting on how anxious everybody is in this book. There is so much angst coming from everybody. Everybody's self conscious and just, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, everybody is like freaking out about something. Yeah. Like Obi Wan's insecure about his master. Qui Gon's insecure about being on the council. Uh, Rail's insecure about. The wind blowing. Well, he's insecure. <laughs> he's insecure about because his he lost his Padawan, position. Right? Because he lost. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But everybody, everybody's you know? anxious, and I love how real it felt. And I, there was just something about a Jedi master and a Jedi Padawan. You would think, what are they? What do they have to be anxious about? I mean, they're they're Jedi. It humanized them in a way that just. Never, ever, I never could have gotten, even from the Clone Wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan, the little stuff, it always came off more as just playful than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So now I want to go back and re-experience all this stuff and just think, approach it with that same mentality. What's going on on that level? We got some of that with Anakin and Ahsoka early on, but then that just kind of went out. Well, I think... I think you saying that kind of brings up something that I really like is, you know, in, in this book, 
Obi-Wan is really frustrated with, you know, Qui-Gon doesn't follow the rules and he doesn't know, you know, Obi-Wan's not sure, you know, when is he supposed to follow the rules and when is it okay not to? And then, you know, they, by the end of this book, they've reached kind of this accord, you know, they kind of under, they understand each other, they're more comfortable with each other. And I think what I love about that is that then you see... Or, you know, because this is written afterwards, how, you know, during the prequel trilogy and the Clone Wars, how Obi-Wan is better able, like, he still abides by the rules, but he's also much more comfortable with when he needs to deviate. Right. those things and it's kind of that nice kind of synergy I mean obviously she's coming at it already you know that's already out there but it's it works very nicely it at does least, absolutely yeah, does I feel that it works really nicely to see like look at what Obi-Wan was able to take away from his uh, master apprentice relationship with Qui-Gon poorly well, set definitely- up references aside Claudia gets Star Wars she gets the characters yeah, yep, and she she does an excellent job of giving characters that are already framed in our in our perspectives in mm-hmm. our in our minds. Yeah, giving them a sense of character growth and staying yeah. true for the most part to to what's already been established. Yeah, Qui Gon has never been this interesting to me before. Same, and I could. Uh, before before Master and Apprentice, I'm like, yeah, Qui-Gon's cool. I mean, he's just kind of there for me. After yeah. Master and Apprentice, damn, Qui-Gon, you are a cool character. I like your character. I'm going to watch Phantom totally Menace ma- right now because I totally, like you as a totally, character. It totally makes me want to watch Phantom Menace. Yeah. And it, that's not easy to do. Well. <laughs> to make me want to watch Phantom Menace. No, I mean, like, but I really want to, you know? I mean, yeah. I'll always watch Phantom Menace, but it's hard to make me really want to watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I'm excited. I'm going to watch this character with a fresh set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And new perspective straight up. There's something new to find in absolutely. a 20-year-old movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not dissing the Phantom Menace because, you know, I'm not a prequel hater. Um, I'm just saying I'm excited to see it the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I'm, I'm loving the prequel renaissance that we're having. Yeah. Um, and that there's kind of this revitalized energy around the prequels. Can't wait until the sequel trilogies love 20 years from now. Uh, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, you'll be, we'll all be old. Um, or the solo yeah. love. The solo. Yeah. I think solo. Solo has well, a lot of love. I think Solo has a lot of love that people who initially poo-pooed it are then like, oh, why did I do that? This movie is actually fun. It's happening. There's an awakening. Rogue One and Solo did not have the amount of hate that The Force Awakens and especially The Last Jedi got. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. But they also didn't get the box office love either. (laughs) Just Solo, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly, well, I mean, mainly, mainly solo. But anyway, that's, a, yeah. that's another podcast um, episode. We all have thoughts yeah. about what happened. Right. Solo. Yeah. It probably. Yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. So I love Solo. I love. I love the prequels. I love Solo. I love the Last Jedi. There we go. Hooray! So, but anyway, I as I as I was saying that this whole kind of like prequel renaissance we're having right now. Um, 
I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting that. I wish we'd gotten some of it earlier, but I guess the time is right now, so I'll take whatever they want to give me. So all in all, um, you know what? Um, what about Master and Apprentice? Can you say that uh, might compel someone who maybe doesn't really go for the novels? Um, to crack open that book or or download that audio book and you know give up 11 hours of their life hold on to this story hold on i'm going to flip it on you john okay what yeah. how would you get matt to read this book uh, i couldn't oh that was <laughs> no, that's impossible okay. matt matt yeah no matt's just one of those guys that uh, i mean you can talk to him all day and only the movies ever matter to matt only ever He's not going to read the comics. He's not going to re- watch the, the, the animation. Um, he won't even watch the video shorts that are fantastic. Um, he the only gal- cares about Star Wars movies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's fine. I mean. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's where his love of Star Wars resides. Mine, although, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to experience all of it and i've come to that realization i'm not going to read every book ever written i'm not going to watch every offshoot well maybe i will actually uh, <laughs> well back that train up yeah no <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm probably not going to read every single comic that was ever written you know um i'm going to try because i did just get Bo dameron yeah uh, Volume Sorry. one, I guess. There's multiple volumes. Oh, there's like five, John. Oh. So you're oh my God. on the path to the dark side. All right. Five volumes. All right. So all this great stuff we were talking about is like probably in the next four volumes. I, well, yeah, just read. <laughs> okay, I'll just read. Just read. I'll start here and I'll just keep going. Yeah. Check them out from your library if you don't want I, to buy them. Well, I don't have a library card. It's a long story. Oh, <laughs> not like I was kicked out or anything, but we, no, we're uh, we John goes to in, the library. I have I, words about books. I, I and... do have words about books, and I have less words because you won't give me a library card because I live in Santa Clara and not Eugene proper. Oh, right. No, he goes up to the librarian. Hey, so uh, Obi Wan doesn't like flying. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Obi Wan not liking how to fly. All right, yeah, words about Obi Wan flying. Cut to ten Excuse minutes me, later. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <loves to> <laughs> this is a Wendy's. But wait, I know that this book in in ten hours and forty three minutes is going to flip that on its ear. I already know. Uh, oh gosh! <laughs> now oh, I just God. have this vision of John going to random people and be like, "Can I talk to you?" Right. I have words about books. We need to I talk have about words about books. <laughs> Gather round, all ye people. The that's, end of the world is nigh. That's what I'm going to say. Words, at, have you heard the good words about the book? That's what I'm going to say <laughs> at my next book club group. I have words about this book. Words <laughs> about books. I, yeah. I do, though. I've got words. All right. So, and I think I've admitted okay. this on the podcast before. I am not the biggest fan of star Wars books in general. It takes a lot to really kind of move Mm -hmm. the needle for me in star Wars. books. And here we have two books, which I found enjoyment in both of them. One certainly more so than the other. Mm -hmm. Um, although the, uh, the production was better 
you know, with the full cast reading of, of yes. Jedi Lost. Jedi yeah. Lost. That was cool. Um, it was very cool. But the story itself Genza. really didn't do much for me, you know? There were cool moments, um, but overall, I didn't think it was a very good book. With Master and Apprentice, there were some really bad moments, <laughs> but they're all forgivable because the good moments shine so brightly. And it was okay. a very well-crafted story. A little on the long side, and I'll, okay. I'll hammer that into the ground. Mm-hmm. Could have been shortened up a lot, but the payoff was worth it. Um, so for me, as a person that really doesn't really dig into all the books and all the comics and all that stuff, this has been fun. And I'm glad to have read both these stories back to back. and. Um, you know, it does give me some fresh perspective and it makes me excited to watch the films. And I think that's the whole purpose of a good Star Wars piece of collateral material is that it makes you appreciate where they came from even more. So, Claudia Gray, thank you. I applaud you. It's me applauding you. And uh, who's the other guy? Kevin Scott wrote Kevin Scott. Jedi Lost. Kevin? Kevin. 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 What kind of name is Kevin? That's I think a he's, false name. I, I think he's British. Um Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Kevin. C A V A N. Yes. So Catherine. I had another yeah. question for you. Kevin. 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 Catra. Just stay away from Star Catra. Wars. Just stay away from Star Wars, Kevin. Catra. Well, Kevin, Kevin's writing more Star Wars. Project oh, Luminous. No! <laughs> All right. Yes, Adrian, I'm listening. Did you go back and read Master and Apprentice from from a certain point of view? Oh, Adrian. No, I didn't. Um I did not. I remember that story pretty well. Um, but is it I, a Qui Gon and Obi Wan story? Yes, yes, that's the Qui Gon. Now and I Obi-Wan. need that book. Yeah, dude, you've needed um, the book for however long it's been it. out. It's yeah. a fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I've needed it this it whole time. You're right. I have needed it this whole time, but now I really need that it. that one. I didn't need an audio book to get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's because they're all them. short stories. But anyway, um, no, I did not go back and read Master and Apprentice from a certain point of view. Did you? I started it right before we started podcasting. Oh. And I got to tell you, damn, Claudia Gray, please, please write another Master and Apprentice that focuses on Obi-Wan and Anakin. For the love of God, why isn't this book out yet now? (gasps) Oh, I like it. I want Obi-Wan to become a master. I want to see Anakin get knighted, and I want to see them become, go from awkward, like, it's all Obi-Wan's fault, oh, Anakin, to, hey. We're friends now. All right. Brothers. Jedi bros. Let's go kick some droid ass. I want that. I want to see that transition. <laughs> you want to be good cop or bad cop? Well, we all know that Anakin is the bad cop. Well, I mean, he turns out to be the bad cop. <laughs> the really bad cop. Yeah. But I want that book right here, right now. I would devour it oh. like a sandwich. Well, she did I... make three Leia books, right? Yes. Just, Just oh, wait, two. Oh, wait, two, two. I was she like, did. oh my oh my god, did I miss one? No, uh-huh. she did Bloodline, which Bloodline, is Leia before which I read TFA, and I like. And um Princess of Alderaan. Okay. I think oh, she didn't do I think you're throwing in the Padme book for some reason. Yeah. She didn't do Lost Queen. Stars? 
she did Lost Stars, but Leia, that's not a Leia book. Oh, okay. Those are I haven't read the, it, so I don't know. The characters, the characters in the main anyway, the main characters in Lost Stars are completely original, new, never heard of again. Like there are supporting characters, okay, and Leia makes an appearance in that book, but she's not in it's any not a way. Leia book. No. Okay. Forgive my transgression. No, you're, you're fine. Forgiven. I just was. I was just like, did I miss something? Oh my yeah, god! The there's another. On her face. Uh, yeah, I'm like having a heart attack. Like what? <laughs> but who didn't well, tell me Never about mind. That. My but, point is moot. But anyway, <laughs> tell me, you guys will not devour that book. Should it ever? No. Exist? Now that you've brought that up, I. That's all I want from your lips to God's ears, like Lucas. Lucasfilm, Del Rey, like somebody, I hope this is happening somewhere. Like, make that a thing because, yes, I would read the hell out of that book. The hell out of that The book. hell of it. I, <laughs> I want to see all of that. Unless, unless Timothy Zahn writes it, which would <sighs> also be good. No. I. No? <laughs> well, you're not the biggest Zahn fan, are you? It's not. Okay. So. She loves well, her, could... Claudia Gray. Yeah, I, you know, so I well, have I mean, already, already on record, yeah. yeah, I'm already on record as being a huge Claudia Gray fan, and it's not right. that I don't like Timothy Zahn, I do like Timothy Zahn, I'm actually rereading the Thrawn novels right now, I'm 90, 92% of the way through the first Thrawn book. And that's I, just yeah. during the duration of Wait, this podcast. the old Thrawn book or yeah. the new Thrawn book? The new Thrawn book is now, yeah. Okay, I'm reading the, the old one. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the new series, so... The one yeah. that came out. She's reading Thrawn. She's got to follow it up with Thrawn uh, Alliances. Alliances. And then Thrawn Treason, Treason. which I am um, stoked for. So so I'll talk more about Timothy Zahn when we get to our Timothy Zahn book. <laughs> right. Oh, um, okay, I am curious about that because I love, I love the Thrawn books. So... We'll we'll be able to get more into the, that. So, but now that you brought that up, Adrian, yes, I would love Claudia Gray to write an Obi Wan Anakin book in kind of the same, the same vein. I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. Basically, I want Claudia Gray to write a lot of Star Wars books, and I'm not. Uh, I've said that a lot. So, <laughs> I tweeted at her, and she didn't reply back. Oh, Maybe sad. Sad. Like, please write not, this. If she's listening to not, the podcast, she could easily be a guest. Yeah, not and every... And I will ask her about the things I don't like. Not everyone <laughs> can... Yeah, just ambush her way, don't get, you? Get liked tweets from Mark, Han- Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill? Uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill? <laughs> yeah, your... Um, your tweets that Mark Hamill... Oh, yeah, that's right. I was having a conversation like, with Kevin yeah. Scott, and then Mark Hamill got, got involved. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Liking it. It's just me. And just me all like... hobnobbing with the with the Star Wars elite. But, yeah, <laughs> but it was like two times in like three days, and I'm like, you have yourself a new boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Mark Hamill. Or Mark Camel. Mark Hamill. Or Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. <laughs> He should really be in a Star Wars It was movie. cool. It was really cool. Yeah, it really was. So all in all, we come down on the side of we all liked this book to varying degrees. Right-ish. But overall, positive. Final thoughts. Just a couple sentences from each of us. I'll go first. Yes. Just because. <laughs> Ladies first, um, please. 
I I really enjoyed this book. I do think there were parts, I agree with you guys, so I'm a huge Claudia Gray fan, obviously, we just talked about that. <laughs> I do think there were parts of this book, and maybe because previously she's written more kind of young adult-centered fiction, some of those parts did seem a little bit long. Um, even I will admit that, and I love Claudia Gray. But overall, despite that, I still really loved this look at Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationship. I love the depth that it adds to the prequels and the Jedi Order. Um, I like, aside from maybe the very blatant I love flying stuff, I like the the way she incorporates things that we know are coming. Um, so overall, you know, this gets two thumbs up for me. I enjoyed it. I thought the twist at the end was good. Um, and wasn't too blatant, you know, good, subtle, subtle clues. So it's yeah, good to read I, it. I have to echo what you said. I, I thought it was a very fine example of um, collateral Star Wars material that makes you appreciate the movies even more and makes you excited to watch the films. And uh, I mean, that's that's got to be the goal. The, the overall goal is to enhance the stories so much that it drives that passion for uh, what brought you to the book to begin with to a new level. And Claudia Gray did a great job with that in this book and Master and, Pre- Master and Apprentice, despite the flaws that I've, I've mentioned, which are, I mean, it's really me nitpicking and, and, um, and, and, <laughs> and building it up for, for theater, you know. Um, it's a fantastic book. And anybody who does like the collateral material of Star Wars, you should really read it. It's fantastic. It's very well written and it's very well constructed. And um, yeah, two thumbs up. But all right, all right. Everything you guys just said. <laughs> <laughs> well written. Oh, we're so boring. No. No. Yeah, we are boring, but whatever. Um, yeah, I loved it. I love that it made me want to go back and watch some of the movies. I love that it gave me a new appreciation for. An existing character. I love Rail. Sorry, John. There's a lot of qualities to Rail that I find kind of relatable to me, minus the drug use and casual sex. But um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but needing to believe in something so hard that you lose perception and just feeling like you don't fit in sometimes. Oh my God. I don't know. For me. I, I adore Relatable. the real character because of all that. Plus, he's the big Lebowski yeah. in Star Wars, and like the best, Le- the big Lebowski is like one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, but he could. He would. I guess my problem is he was presented to me as the uh, uh, the Clint Eastwood of Star Wars originally, you know, or more of a cowboy type character, very obviously, and then he turned into like oh, this. I don't give a rat's ass kind of hey, guy. Hey, bro. Oh, bro. Just, I mean, just throwing this at you. Yeah. Luke went from being the new hope to. Yeah. 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 To the last Jedi. To the last Jedi. Just, just saying. No, I, I get it. Yeah. I just, uh, no, I, 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 like I, I get cool it too. Gunslinger Jedi <laughs> more than the, uh, uh, order me another Caucasian. Oh, I you love, know? that's what I love so much about it. But different strokes for different goats. And yeah, I would awesome. love a different, I would love, I, I, I want to see his story continue. I feel there is some sort of 
hidden trilogy or series mm-hmm. being written into these different books. I'm done. I've seen enough. And I'm looking forward to reading the next one with Rail just for that. All right. Yeah, Rail was a great addition to the Jedi pantheon. <laughs> Take that, John. You say so. <laughs> I always, I mean, the thing that I loved about these two things is like getting more insight into the Jedi. So, I'm, if you know, from that point of view, I've, I've been happy with the new Jedi in both books that they've introduced. So, so, sorry, one more question to elongate this already extra long episode. <laughs> now that we know, you know, we we've expressed our feelings about the book itself. We've mm-hmm. talked about the themes, what we liked, the setups we saw. How do you think any of this is going to apply to episode uh, nine? Mm. Why are these books coming out now, leading up to the finale of the Skywalker saga? Well, I would say the tactical reason is because they don't want to do material around <laughs> that era right now um because it could potentially have like spoilerific type well let let me rephrase why is there so much prequel material suddenly coming out because it's an era of star wars that people love and and adore that um is going to sell books and it's going to sell comics and it's not around the era that they could spoil right now and they they had just gotten off the era for before a new hope and kind of done all that with with solo and with rebels and and now they're focusing on prequel stuff pre-prequel stuff that is free reign for them to explore within the certain parameters yeah but look at the way stuff in rebels related to stuff in the last jedi for example so I think given that we know that there's some thread of Palpatine in episode nine, we're I think it's 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 helping, you know, here we've kind of got the setup for the fall. And I think in in a way, I mean, it's it's basically kind of like a bookend, right? Presumably. I guess we don't know, because episode nine's not up. But here you kind of have, like, the setup for what's, you know, the fall that's about to happen. And then in episode nine, we're going to be closing that circle. You know, what started here is finally going to be finished. Mm-hmm. Sure. It hasn't been yeah. finished. No, yet. you're right. You're absolutely right. And so we can't talk about after that, because it hasn't happened yet. And we're kind of talking about just before that when we've got um, Star Wars Resistance, which is you know still going on now. So it's we've 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 got that timeline locked in. We've got the timeline for Alphabet Squadron that's also being worked on, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is the logical area where they can add things that they haven't really revisited in a little while to keep people excited about the whole timeline as opposed to just focused on episode nine. Does that make any sense? Yes. And no, but yes. Okay. But definitely yes. (laughs) But also no. 
Also, no, no, no. Well, okay. Me, I, I just love thinking about. I just love thinking about that. Like, why are? What do we have to take from these stories, or what do they want us to take from these stories into episode nine? That's just a thought that you know. Whenever we talk about I, these things or I read them, I'm well, like, so here's the biggest thing that I think might connect Master and Apprentice with episode nine is in Master and Apprentice. Qui-Gon has the great quote, one of the favorite quotes in maybe any of my Star Wars books about how, you know, we have to choose the light and you have to continually choose the light. Like, you don't make that decision once. Right. It's a continuous battle. And I think what we see in the sequel trilogy as a whole, let alone what we will see potentially in episode nine, is that, you know, and this resonates maybe particularly with The Last Jedi, is that... You know, good people, good people fail. You know, we don't always, choosing the light is hard. And sometimes you make a mistake and you have to cut, you know, specifically Luke. Um, and, but you can still come back to the light. You know, you can still make the choice. The light is there, but it's a, it's a, it's a process. And choosing the light once does not mean you will always make the right choice or do the right thing. You have to continually strive to choose the light, and it's an ongoing process. And it doesn't just end once you make one right decision. Choose the light because it's the light. I. You choose the light because it's the light. Love that cat. That was. I like your answer more than John's. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean you know I like, do too though that's the thing I mean that was beautifully put you know that was absolutely beautifully put I think I think we're gonna see that thematically with Ray's journey potentially with Kylo Ren I think that thematically you know seeing what Luke did in the Last Jedi I think thematically that plays like that's. The evil is always there, and you have to continually strive. So, yes. The temptation of evil is always yes. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think that plays huge into the sequel trilogy as a whole, honestly. Totally. Totally. You're absolutely right. See, now aren't you more excited for episode nine after having heard something <laughs> like that? No. I'm, always. I'm not more excited. Because you can't I, possibly be more excited? How could you? I mean, my my excitement level... My excitement level starts back in 1977. You. <laughs> a little movie called Star Wars. Yes. And so. it still resides inside me, burning very brightly like the twin sons of Tatooine. For this this upcoming film in December of 2019. How strange is that? Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? So yeah, I'm excited. Well, damn. That's a, that's a good note to end on right there, Cat Ray. <laughs> I agree. No problem. So, uh, John, uh, thanks for taking the time, brother. Yes. Yeah. It's always nice yeah, to get the I, trailer I together. I went into a few extra hours today, and um, and I you know I appreciate the open door policy of the podcast and allowing yeah, me to, to step away when I need to, when my schedule's so tight that I, you know, it gives me a wedgie. And then when I've got room to come and, and play in the playground, you guys are always there to, you know, uh, slide down the slide with me and swing on the swings. And I love it. That's right. Well, dude, like we said, every trilogy has the big three and we're the big three of this podcast. So 
Yeah. So I'm going to go back into uh, uh, carbonite freezing. <laughs> <laughs> but I will join you as often as I can, and hopefully my my schedule, you know, gets back to a normal type, human type schedule, and uh, we can do this regularly again. We'll go pick you up on the island uh, next time. <laughs> Sweet. That's right. Cool. So, Cat, uh, I think we're going to do some more book club type episodes. I think we are. Um, with the arri- soon arrival, release, whatever, of <laughs> Thrawn Treason coming up at the end of July, we have talked about doing a reread, a revisit, whatever, of Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances. Mainly because I want to reread them before Thrawn Treason comes out, and I'm just going to drag Adrian along with me and anyone else who wants to come. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, just because, damn. Uh. I just hate, you know, talking about Star Wars and being forced oh, to so revisit hard. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Crazy Star so. Wars lady making me do this. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're going we're gonna to talk about Thrawn in a couple of different segments. Um both the two previous books and Thrawn Treason just comes out July 23rd. Woo. Woo. Some sweet th- thrawrific episodes coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, until then, though, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast and our website, forcefanpodcast.com. We're on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Always helps. Uh, we're on Spotify. I don't know if you can do reviews there. I don't think you can. So just listen. We're on Google Play. We're everywhere you can listen to a podcast, basically, except Stitcher. But whatever. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, uh, you want to at me? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred, and also on my Facebook page, John K. Frederick, and also live Monday through Friday on 96.1 KZL in Eugene, Oregon, or online at uh, 96KZEL.com. Oh, sorry. Shameless plug moment. I yes. have just produced another podcast for the university I work at, history podcast. Uh, Students are loving it. If you're into American history, please check it out. Uh, Patexulating the past is what it's called, and it's just a, it's a very unique look into certain aspects of American history from not from from views not usually explored uh, in the textbooks. So, if you like That's history, John really and cool. I, I'll, I'll yeah, I hope you drop I hope you'll drop a link in our description of our podcast so that people can check it out. If you guys are okay with it, I will totally do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. John yeah. and I have both listened to episodes, and it's it's really interesting. So if yeah, you're into history, stuff. Adrian, really super great job. No, oh, thank you. I just do the mic stuff. The host is totally. I'm I'm not the host. Oh, Professor Sue Stanfield is great history professor, and she she just has a passion for it. She's a great conversationalist. I just make her sound good. So, again, if you want to check it out, I guess I'll drop the links. John, want to take us out? I'd be honored. Folks, that uh, concludes another episode of Force Fan Podcast. We love that you tune in and and you regularly support us and listen to us. 
And thanks for sticking around and listening to our book clubs, which we're super excited about during this kind of kind of shallow period of Star Wars discussion. We are finding <laughs> ways to keep talking about the wars and keep it exciting and keep it fresh. And, uh, you know, I, I can foresee us uh, doing some more comic-related stuff. And then as Resistance kicks up again, we'll be talking a lot about that. And uh, the Disney streaming coming up in November, I'm sure yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about yep. with the Mandalorian and and uh, the Clone Wars um, <gasps> finally <Yeah>. getting finished. <laughs> and, of course, at the end of the year, I guess there's a movie coming out that we oh, might yeah. talk about, too. Oh, right. So, yeah. So yeah, Knife's Out for by Ryan Johnson. With us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As a little troll moment there, <laughs> and uh, good job, and uh, and thanks again from from the bottom of our hearts to um, to the whole of yours. Uh, we love you very much, and thanks for listening. May the force be with you, and then some. Bye, everybody.